Hello and welcome to the Parish Podcast of St. Anthony of Padua Catholic Church in the Woodlands, Texas. We're excited to share with you Sunday at St. Anthony's, a homily message from this past weekend that we hope you'll find enlightening. Thanks for tuning in and praying with us. Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, but early in the morning he arrived again in the temple area. And all the people started coming to him, and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and made her stand in the middle. They said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught the very act of committing adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So, what do you say? They said this to test him so that they could have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and began to write on the ground with his finger. But when they continued asking him, he straightened up and said to them, Let the one among you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he bent down and wrote on the ground. And in response, they went away one by one, beginning with the eldest. So he was left alone with the woman before him. Then Jesus straightened up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She replied, No one, sir. Then Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go and from now on, do not sin anymore. The Gospel of the Lord. Good morning. How are we doing on this beautiful morning? I think it's going to be 85 today. I'm so excited. Um, I want to talk to you not about summertime being 85, but I want to talk to you about the sled of suffering. The sled of suffering. Now, I grew up in, uh, up north in Chicago area. Um, I moved down here um, between my junior and senior year in high school, graduated from Conroe High School. Um, and I have three younger brothers, two years younger, eight and 10 years younger. So any of you that lived up north maybe um, when you're a child, you remember going sledding. And, and you drag this, this sled up to the top of the hill. And of course, since I had three younger brothers, two of them that were much smaller, 
it was my job to drag them up the hill. Um, and it's like, how did you guys get heavier after two or three trips up on it? But, you know, you just get tired. We're out. One of the things that anybody that's ever done tobogganing or sledding up north is an important concept is you don't stand in front of the sled, right? Can be bad. Can be bad standing in front of the sled. Um, so I want to talk about, I, I think this is um, a little analogy of the sled of suffering. So what, what do I mean by that? There is a difference between pain and suffering. Pain is that physical or emotional discomfort. Suffering is the feelings or emotions that are attached to the pain. And they may be bitterness, loneliness, despair, it could be worrying, it could be self-pity, it could be all those things that are attached to pain. Now today, and I was talking to a friend of mine just last, uh, last week over lunch, we were talking about medicine. Now, I'm a CPA by trade, which means that's about as far from medicine as, as we can be, but medicine today is unbelievable what they can do. What they can do is, is mind-blowing. And if we go back 50 years and we look forward to today, this, the stuff we're doing today was science fiction 50 years ago. And probably, to some extent, the things that are science fiction for us today, 50 or 100 years from now, will be reality. So medicine has done an incredible job with the physical pain that people may suffer. Right? We, we hear like hospice does a great job with that, right? Their, their main focus in hospice is to reduce pain so people are comfortable. So the, we can normally manage physical pain to some extent, but there's still chronic pain that exists, right? Maybe, maybe it's a knee. You know, maybe you're struggling with a knee that's just chronically hurting or back problem, or maybe you're struggling through cancer or something that, that's really a little bit more chronic. Some of those can't be managed necessarily by medicine, okay? And we still have those things. Maybe it's your knee, like I was using an example, and maybe your daughter's getting married, right? And you're super excited your daughter's getting married, but you really get, you're really worried about that, right? The first dance, you know, with, with your daughter on her wedding day, and your knee's really bothering you, and you're, you're really, starting to, really starting to suffer because you're worried about, you know, can I do this? Am I, you know, am I going to be capable? So what we do is we put that in the back of the sled. We put that suffering in the back of the sled. Maybe your boss, you know, maybe it's something emotional. Maybe your boss is on your back, constantly nagging you. And so there's, you know, there's maybe some bitterness or worry there. What do we do? Throw it in the sled behind us, and we just kind of keep hauling behind. I can do this. We're Americans. We live in the woodlands. I can do this. I can do this all by myself. I can do it. So we just kind of keep throwing it back there. Okay? Maybe you're in a difficult relationship, and you're struggling with your marriage. And so now there's some bitterness there or self-pity. I just throw that back there, too, and we'll just keep plugging away. Pretty soon, some of us will slow down. The sled becomes a little bit too heavy. And for God forbid if you stop, because like the toboggan at the top of the hill, it may run you over. That sled of suffering could run you over. So what do I do with that? What do I do with the suffering? 
Well, I remember as, as a child, and maybe you guys remember this too, mom would say, give it up to God. Just give it up to God. It's like, okay, mom, that's great. What the heck does that mean? What does it mean, give it up to God? So I want to introduce or maybe refresh your memory on something called redemptive suffering, which I think is very appropriate during this Lenten season, redemptive suffering. What, well, first off, what does redemption mean? What does redeeming mean? And it's a very simple, quirky little saying. My wife, and we're a little bit older, so some of the older folks remember, Sunday mornings, cutting out the coupons, right? Cutting out the coupons. Now today it's all digital, right? Um, but cutting out the coupons, and what did you do? You brought the coupon in to redeem and get something back. That's what Jesus is doing for us. Jesus is called the Redeemer. He's redeeming us back to the Father. He's taking upon Himself our suffering and our pain, our sinfulness. He's taken all of that upon Himself. That's what the cross is all about. That's what Lent is preparing us for Holy Week in a week and a half. Redemptive suffering is our opportunity to enter into the suffering of Jesus and allow Him to help us heal us of that suffering that we're going through. Okay, again, how do I do that? What do I do to do that? It makes... It sounds nice, it's nice theology, but how do I do that practically? So I'd like to offer you um, an opportunity or thought on how to do and pray with redemptive suffering. It's called contemplative prayer. And some of you may have heard about it. It's oftentimes a technique used in praying with scripture called Lexa Divina. It's praying with scripture. Lexa Divina is praying with sacred scripture, Latin for that. It's called contemplative prayer. And the way that you pray contemplatively, at least is told to us by St. Ignatius, is to fully be alive in the story, be fully alive and using all your senses, be present in that scripture story or in this prayer of redemptive suffering. So I offer you as a prayerful thought to stand at the foot of cross with that sled that you're dragging around with you. Place that sled under the foot of cross and be present to Jesus. Maybe hold Mary's hand. Use your senses. What do you see? You see our Lord and Savior, the scourging, maybe the blood coming down from the crown of thorns? Maybe, right? Do you see the, the guards? What do you smell? Do you smell the sweat of the guards? Do you smell maybe the sour wine that they're giving him? Any taste that you have? Maybe standing there, there's tears coming down your face and you can taste the saltiness of the tears. What do you hear? Do you hear the guards jeering? Do you hear the, the women crying softly over here? What do you feel? What uh, sensual feelings are there? Is Mary's hand small and soft? How's your garments? Be fully engaged in that. And lift then up that, put that sled of suffering in front of Jesus. And maybe watch the precious blood of Jesus drip onto that sled. And if you do this in a prayerful way, I can promise you one of two things. One thing I can't promise you, 
The pain may not go away. The physical or emotional pain may not go away. But the suffering associated with that pain has the potential, if we are willing to open ourselves up in a prayerful way, to allow Jesus to heal us in this very real, present way of praying contemplatively at the foot of the cross. Now that's one opportunity of, of praying that. Maybe it's just sitting with Jesus. Maybe another contemplative prayer is just sitting with Jesus and putting that sled in front of him and just praying and talking to him about that. Be fully present to him in the story. And I will promise you, in fact, it's not even me, Scripture and God tells us and promises you that that will lessen. Why? The key to redemptive suffering is that as love increases, suffering decreases. As we share ourselves, love, agape, sharing, relationship, as we share ourselves with our Lord and we truly love and do all those things with Him, that suffering will decrease. Maybe not the physical part or the emotional pain, but the suffering that's attached to it. And that sled will become much easier. Now, praying with the scriptures over this week in preparation for this, you know, and I could probably ask Scott, who's, who's going through all this theology now, my guess is there were probably many dissertations which were written about what was Jesus doodling in the sand, right? Probably many, many, many articles have been written or books have been written about what Jesus was doodling in the sand. But what really struck me, though, was when I, I was praying about that, was Jesus was on the ground doodling, and he arose, responded to their question, ye without a sin cast the first stone, then went back down and doodled again, and it says, the scripture says, they kind of wandered off one at a time, beginning with the elders. My question that really struck me is, why didn't this woman wander off? Why, why wasn't she one of the last ones that kind of wandered off? She certainly went through some physical pain because she was probably abused on her way there. Mo without a doubt, she was suffering emotional pain. I mean, someone that enters into adultery, there's something going on there, right? There's something deep going on there. So she was truly suffering, or excuse me, was pained. But her sled was so full, she was frozen in place. She just couldn't go anymore. So Jesus didn't say, come down to me. Jesus arose and gave her back her dignity. Arose and looked her in the face and healed her of that sled that was freezing her in place and she was able to move forward. She was able to go away with a peacefulness and being forgiven. Let Jesus do that for each of us. In this final week and a half, two weeks of Lent, Maybe, maybe be a little prayerful. What's in your sled? What suffering do you have that's associated with a physical pain or an emotional pain? And give yourself an opportunity to sit with the Lord, maybe in a contemplative way, to be really making Jesus present to you and allow him to heal you of that suffering that, that we all have, right? We all have suffering of some extent. But allow him to do that because he wants to do it. There's a deep desire by Jesus to heal you of your suffering. 
but that entails me doing something. Like love, it's a choice. I can choose to allow Jesus to heal me of my suffering, to lessen my sled, the load of my sled. Amen? St. Anthony of Padua, pray for us.